Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 793 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's episode of the Juicebox Podcast, we'll be speaking with Julie. She is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes, and Julie has ADHD. This is most of the podcast episode. Besides us being delightful together and saying things that are incredibly entertaining, and informative. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. As Thanksgiving approaches, please remember that those other podcasts you listen to, they put on reruns. Don't play episodes at all or give you content that they recorded months ago that they didn't like. Not Scotty. I don't do that. Great content all week, leading right up into the new year, where we'll just explode again into 2023 with more of the Juicebox podcast. If you're thankful for that, go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, join the registry, and fill out the survey. It'll take you about 10 minutes. It'll support people living with type 1 diabetes. It moves diabetes research forward. You can do it from your sofa, and it supports the Juicebox podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens. With one scoop of delicious AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these things in just one scoop. Learn more and get started today at athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. I don't know. Okay. You don't know? Do you feel, uh, are you okay? Are you nervous? I am so unbearably nervous that I just stared at that thing at the bottom of the email, like reschedule for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> while chugging coffee and taking like just a half a Xanax. Um, no, but I feel um, I'm good now. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, uh, you, you're being recorded. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Right, I don't I, care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know how you roll. Tell me, um, tell me your name. We'll yeah. see what's going on. Uh, okay. So my name is Julie. Um, I am a mother to my son, George, who is just about to turn 14 Type 1 diabetes diagnosed January 31st, 2020. And he was 11 at the time. And uh, I have ADHD, and so does my son. And that's about it right. as far as the introduction. Julie, Julie <laughs> I'm making a, uh, a Venn diagram over here. Hold on one second. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this one's going to go about that way. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It is also, it is going to go that way. <laughs> I started to make a little, like a thing where I'm like, Oh, I should write some stuff down. And so far all I have is don't curse. So <laughs> well, can, I, can I tell you something that I think might make you feel better? <laughs> yeah. Under pressure of like penalty of death. I don't know that I can exactly uh -huh. describe what a Venn diagram is. I was just, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I know what one is because I've had to learn because like my kids were home for like, 
two years with the with the COVID. Can I, so. can I guess, since you know, is, is, uh-huh. it, is it one of those things where I draw like three circles that kind of overlap a little bit? Yeah, it's two circles. Okay. And then the middle is where what it what's in common. And then on the one side, um, I don't even know why we're talking about this. On the one side is like what's going on here in this circle. The other one is going on this circle. And what's in the middle is like what's in common. Okay. We're talking about it because I brought it up and I'm in charge, Julie. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. good. I like that. I like that. Okay. Because <laughs> my brain can go in any direction. <laughs> Whatever you bring up. Obviously. I'm just trying to take so, the pressure okay. off of you for a second. So, okay. So tell okay. me your son's name again. My son is George. George. Are there any other kids or is George your There one? are other, there are other kids. There is my daughter who is now 11 and uh, she does not have type one mm-hmm. as of now. Okay. Yes. Are you married? I am. Okay. Married. Yes. You have ADHD. What else you got going on? I have uh, like mentally ADHD. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on with me, but no. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm amused. I'm amused because I feel like you started breaking yourself up into into like sections in your mind. You're like, well, oh, there's a, there's a lot of sections, but we'll just go with ADHD, mm-hmm. and we will go with uh, definitely uh, extreme anxiety, and as far as autoimmune, I have vitiligo. Okay. I, by the way, before you had said anxiety, I'd already written it down, just assuming. Yeah, I, th- I think in my description, I might have put that down like at least four times. Oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't read that, but I, I, <laughs> I, I was right, going to look at it in a little bit. Yeah, don't bother. You're all, all listening to a podcast where the prep that was done for it was the guy's <laughs> like, I'll probably read it at some point while she's talking. Um, okay, okay, Julie, how old are you? I'm uh, 47. George. How old's George? He will be 14 in about seven days. Okay. How old was he? Probably not seven. He was 11. 11. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, I am ready. I'm ready. All right. When he was... So- yeah. Oh, 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 did, oh, did you just want to go? You can. You have something to nope, say? Nope, nope, nope. I don't <laughs> just want to go. <laughs> Julie, am I going to be fighting with the motor in your brain all day? All day? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. that's okay. Don't worry. I'll explain why later. No, I don't no, like no. explaining why yet. Don't worry. We'll get to it. Um, okay. I, I almost started with George. Now I'm going to start with you. ADHD. Okay. How, how old are you when you realize, like a doctor says you, you have ADHD? I was 25. Something that was and with you your whole life prior to that? You just... My whole life, okay. um, but as a girl or a woman, you know, it presents differently. I think that I was raised at a time in the 70s into the 80s uh, that was probably, oh, uh, they thought I just probably didn't care. I didn't have parents that really pushed me. Um, it created a lot of anxiety, but so like ADHD can just create a lot of anxiety because you don't mean to be the way you are, but you just are. And um, so I was never diagnosed. I, I really barely thought I was going to graduate high school, to be totally honest with you. I think they were like, you know what? Let's just give it to her. Like, let's just like, give it to her. Let's just like, have her go. <laughs> we'll, let the, <laughs> so, we'll, we'll let this one out. Maybe someone will marry her and get her a house. Like, well, like that I kind mean, of back, by the way, back in the day, I had uh, I had several um, teachers because you know how they were inappropriate back in the day. But, you know, they were like, oh, Miss Iden, because that's my maiden name. Um you better marry rich 
like right in front of the class or like my science teacher, like hope you're going to be able to keep that beautiful smile until you, uh, you know, give, give context. Find to people a man. Again. Was this the eighties? This was the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was born in 75. So I would say, like I said, all the way up to high school, it really was not, um, wasn't a pretty scene. You see, I, I joke around. Yeah. I joked around and said, like, you know, we'll let you out of high school and hopefully some guy will buy you a house. But I'm telling you right now, like, that's a joke based in how people thought back then, for sure. Oh, totally. And yeah. then, like, said it out loud and didn't get in trouble. No. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't do that these days. <laughs> um, but also, yeah. my, my sister is, like, three years uh, younger than I am. And she was classified and, you know, had some things going on so it's like i just made that cutoff before they started like piecing things together where yeah. they were like oh maybe this one needs a little help don't know you know oh well we failed so. julie next um yeah as right they, as let your sister go out. through but you were gonna give extra help too <laughs> yeah okay so so we- then so it wasn't until just to go back to the original question my uh so around 25 my anxiety started because I had my own apartment and then really ADD uh, at that point is more like you have the money, but you don't pay the bill, right? You have the video <laughs> old school to return to Blockbuster and it sits there, but it doesn't get to Blockbuster. You know, I'm like banned from libraries and Blockbusters like all over the place because they're like, <laughs> this chick does not bring stuff back, that type of thing. And when I went in there with the anxiety to a psychiatrist, he was like, hold on before we talk about the anxiety he's like just the way you talk like have you ever been diagnosed with adhd ADD, not adhd i'm like no so i took this you know test or whatever and that was the first diagnosis you know that was my first well, uh, experience with the that. way you talk just meaning rapidly in like circles jumping around yeah, rapidly jumping around my husband's like what are you even trying to talk about right now i'm like I don't know. Just follow along. It will come to a point at some point. What about uh, keywording? Do you do that? Can you be talking about uh, the Atlantic Ocean and at some point during it, someone says blue and then we're talking about the color of your bathroom? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, I do that. And I also just do it to myself. How's and I work? also do it when I'm having a, like, you know, I'll start talking about that and then I'll say a word and that will trigger a different thought. And then I will go in a different direction. Oh, I can, can do it all by myself. <laughs> you don't you need know? the rest of us to, to get out of your thought I to another thought. No, no. And then when I get really, um, real, real chatty and I'm in a conversation, it's like, it's almost like the person I think of it as like, maybe you might've said this, but I don't know if it was you, but it was somebody, but it was very clever. But, um, like it's like a tennis serve it's like they're only talking to like serve me a ball you know what i mean like they're saying something i'm like oh there it is i got something to say yeah i can do this with my sister-in-law i can just throw out a couple of words and then just watch her go it's like it's like it's like winding up a toy and then watching it walk into walls did that just make me sound cruel julie by any chance did it no it's like funny it's like funny but not funny do you know what i mean like it is funny so now the funny thing when I'm using my sister-in-law as an example is I do believe she knows she's doing it. She just sort of can't stop herself. Does that make, does, yes. do you feel that like while yeah. you're doing it? Are you, are you like Julie in your mind? Are you thinking like stay on topic or you're not making sense or stop jumping around or, or is it in the moment? Not aware to you. 
you know what? I, I'm not aware, I would say, in the moment. But I also, not to brag, but I find myself kind of funny. <laughs> so, like, people are going along with me. Like, they're laughing. It's not like I'm looking. I'm, I can read body language. Like, if, if I need to shut up, you know, like, I will. So you, you know what I mean? So you're saying that you think people are laughing with you, not at you. And so you're, oh my God, yeah. you're entertaining on top of all that. I think so. You believe so. Has anyone I ever paid you to I be entertaining? So. They do. I have never gotten cash for okay. that. Well, until somebody pays you, I don't know if I can trust your assessment. But I, I hear what you're saying, and I understand where we're going with this. I'm asking okay. you. <laughs> I'm asking you because I'm, I'm also stopping myself from just throwing mm -hmm. you up into the air like a sparkler and watching it pop all over the place because <laughs> I'm I, – <laughs> Because I feel like we'd have, I'm game. I feel I'm like game. we'd have I, such a good time, and yet the episode would go nowhere. So I'm trying to stay focused. For oh both my god, of us. it would go nowhere. Uh, don't worry. Eventually, you can just throw it up at the end and see what happens. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just light it all on fire and see what what comes of it. Uh, my my real my real question around, and I appreciate you explaining all that and allowing us to make mm -hmm. light of it, uh, because it does yeah. seem kind of burdensome and and serious. Uh, but. Uh, yeah. How how does the how does the ADHD first of all what the hell is the difference between ADHD and ADD? I'll Google. Uh, no, no, you don't have to. The the so attention deficit hyperactivity disorder that's more commonly commonly seen in boys, but not always. Um, it's like a combined type sometimes. Um, I don't have the hyperactivity, although I tend to differ because you could call hyperactivity in a verbal way, which is also how my son is. So maybe it is ADHD, you know, it's the hyperactive part. You know how some people with ADHD, especially as children, they're, they're, they're up, they got to get out of the seat. They're all over the place. They're very, very impulsive, that kind of stuff. So at 25, that's not what the doctor was diagnosing me with. If I were to tell you right now that you didn't answer the question, do you know that? Mm. Do you remember what the question was? Yeah, what's the difference between ADD and ADHD? It's yeah. hyperactivity. And so you started when you when you started <laughs> when you started to define them, you then related the one to it's more often in boys, but then you were like, but not really. And then somehow you got back to yourself. I think you thought about girls yeah. and then you came back to yourself and then you uh -huh. talked about the hyper part again and then you related it to your son. But in no yeah. way did I you... just talk right out of my brain and it does not ever really yeah, okay. exactly. My I'm, husband's advice this morning, he goes, stick to the point and then zip it up and let him talk. I'm like, yeah, right. well, you know, that's not going to happen. I don't okay. care. But let's try it again as a, as a focused thing. Okay. Tell, tell me what ADD stands for. Attention deficit disorder. Okay. More broadly, what does that mean? Difficulty attending to probably specific details in your life or the way that you may learn or focus, uh, like saying like reading or also sometimes hope, uh, hyper-focusing. It's a deficit in attention. Okay. Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. First of all, I have to clear my throat okay. or this is never going to go well. Okay. And I'm just making up this definition. If this, like tea, if this tea was any hotter and it's still not <laughs> If you yell me, if you hear me yell "ow" at any point, it's from the T uh, that I'm trying to clear my okay. throat with. <clears throat> uh, Webster's, right? The, the, a reasonable organization that defines things. 
a developmental mm-hmm. disorder that is marked especially by persistent symptoms of inattention, such as distractibility, forgetfulness, disorganization, or by symptoms of hyperactivity and impulsivity, such as fidgeting, speaking out of turn, or restlessness, or by symptoms mm-hmm. of all three that is not caused by any serious underlying physical or mental disorder. Does this define you or no? Oh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. All right. Now, let's try to figure out what ADHD means. Okay. Do you feel like you know what it is, or do you want me to check? Um, I just think that the there's more of an emphasis on the hyperactivity part. Uh, I don't know exactly how they define that. It could be like physically, you know, like getting up. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I've seen some children that I've worked with that are very hyperactive. Um, Psych- no. Psychiatry.org <laughs> says attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is one of the most common mental disorders affecting children. ADHD also affects many adults. Symptoms of ADHD include inattentive, not being able to keep focused, hyperactivity, excessive movement that is not fitting the setting, and impulsivity, hasty acts that occur in the moment without thought. An estimated 8.4% of children and 2.5% of adults have ADHD. Well, that's an interesting thing because if you start out... That's with- a little bit not like how I would be. Okay. I'm not as impulsive or um, the movement thing or any of that. Okay. It's more in your mind. Now, in, God, the, yes. in the last three minutes where we've been focused and serious, has it changed how you feel? No. No. Okay, because your voice got very serious. Is that your... Well, I'm just trying to focus. You're trying to focus. Okay, good. No, I appreciate you explaining all this. Thank you. All right. So yeah. then the anxiety comes from what? Do you know? Failure. How so? Um, you mean well. You can be perfectly bright, extremely creative, but in a school environment, if you do not know that you have ADHD or ADD, you're going to fail in one way or another. You're going to be embarrassed, probably publicly, I would assume. Uh, You can have the best intentions and you can really think you're doing well. And then all of a sudden they're like, cool, you did your report. And then you go in your backpack and you're like, yeah, sure did leave that at home. You know, you've done and, and you're just you're just embarrassed. Yeah. And and it causes just such great I, I used to think I had social anxiety. It turns out that's not really the case. I really just believe that it it's caused by um just repetitive failure without knowing why. I see. Givo Kypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. In the morning, I get up, I get out of bed, I drag a comb across my head, and then I take AG1 from Athletic Greens. All I do is take the uh, the canister that it comes in, and I, I take out a scoop. I put it in the little shaky container that I drink it from. Put the water in. Shake, shake, shake. Actually, it dissolves very easily. And then, uh, boom, I drink it. That's it. Goes down super smooth. No weird tastes, flavors, or aftertastes. And I'm on my way. 
AG1 is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty, and no nasty chemicals or art, and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. It supports better sleep It supports better sleep quality and recovery. And when you go to my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box, your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which of course is so important to add, which of course is so important to add, especially in these winter months when we're not getting so much sunlight. Recommended by professional athletes, you are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. That's how I think of it, because I don't eat great all the time, but I look to AG1 to kind of make up the difference between what I eat and what I should have. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Don't forget, when you use my link, you'll get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in now and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to my AG1 link. Or you just type it in your browser, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. You know, I have a little time here, so let me remind you to go to touchedbytype1.org. Great diabetes organization doing wonderful things for children and adults with type 1 diabetes. Don't miss their programs like the D-Box program, where you can reach out to them and say, hey, look, I've just been diagnosed. Can you send me out a box of goodies? And they will. They have golf outings. Their Dancing for Diabetes show just happened. I'm sure there are videos running right now on touchedbytype1.org if you'd like to go watch the entire show for free. They have the dance program, their bowling campaign. They do all this great awareness stuff. Go check them out. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Touched by type1.org. It's actually interesting because I found myself the other day telling someone that I think that a lot of the pressure that comes from diabetes is because you don't know why things are happening. And mm-hmm. so you're trying really hard and you're not mm-hmm. getting anywhere close to the result you're looking for. And there's there's just such pressure from knowing that you've put so much effort into something and yet it's paying off not at all. And then, of of course, with diabetes, it it has health implications. And with you, it has personal growth implications. Is that right? Yes. You can't can't succeed, get a job. People don't take you seriously, I would imagine. I have always been able to get a job. I'm very personable. My jobs are – have been – Uh, let's say they've kind of fallen into my lap and I actually started working with kids with autism that was basically handed to me. I didn't even graduate college and they're like, it doesn't matter because four-year college students come in here and they've never sat with a child with autism and they just absolutely don't understand the positive reinforcement, the whole thing. So they're like, we'll train you. I ended up being very, very good at that. Um, I'm very good with teaching children how to settle down how i think because probably i've experienced a lot of some of these things or how to be social and make eye contact and xyz mm-hmm. um so i also then ditched that whole thing you know and then i became my um an art teacher uh, i was doing like clay and pottery and teaching adults and children um painting and glazing and whatnot 
What what made you? I'm make like an that, artist. What made, what, I'm going to ask you what made you make that switch in a second, but first, let me just cover for you a little bit. Do you want to look for another adjective other than ditched, referring to the autistic kids? Yeah. <laughs> was that was a tough one, Julie? <laughs> it's like, it's an idea. Oh my god, delete that! I love children with autism with all my oh, heart. No. I just all... meant like I fell out of it. I fell out of the um. I don't recall why. Uh, like, oh, I lost my, I was doing it privately and the child had, I was um, shadowing him and mainstreaming him into a private school. And I think it became too costly for them. They wanted to go back to public where, of course, you can get your services for, you know, that's included. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was, oh, so I was working at this school, this private school, but just for this one family. And then when he went back to his district, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to find a new case. It's fine. It's always word of mouth. That's how I got tons of clients. And then the school called one day and they're like, we know you're, you know, you're not working at the moment. Do you want to be a sub for the Montessori class? Because I also went to Montessori education for a little bit of time. And uh, I said, sure, I'll come in. You know, I came in and then the the woman was like, oh my God, the, the other teacher quit. Would you please, please, please work here part-time? And I'm like, well, fine, but I can't be here at 8.30. I'll come at 9. And then, so I started doing that, and I was there for five years, what doing the, uh, being a Montessori teacher. What did the kids do between 8.30 and 9 while they were waiting for you? Oh, no. Uh, there was three of us. We had 30 kids. Oh, so the main teacher and then the other teacher were there. I just, because I had to drop my daughter off at that time. Do so. you have any feeling for what your coworkers, how they see you? Have they ever told you, or is it? Yeah, they like they're both in a new school right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have, have really um, just, they're like, it's not the same without you here. Like positive, experience. positive, all very positive. Even when I would shadow in, I worked at a Catholic school for three years. Those teachers were so nervous to have me in their classroom. I'm like, I'm not here to judge you. I'm helping my student. That's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end of the year, they're like, I don't think I, I, I don't know why teachers don't get someone like you in their classrooms all the time like I don't think I don't want to go into next year without having you in my class I have very 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 good relationships with everybody that I've worked with right okay well uh, that's, yeah that's amazing but you did not finish college is that right I didn't finish any of them <laughs> any of them what does that mean <laughs> hold on wait you, you graduated from high school mm-hmm. but you believe yeah. they passed you through because they were like oh get this girl out of here Right. Let's just put it this way. I know I didn't pass that last test. So. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I mean, um, they can say what they want, but there's just no way. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was history. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you, did you try college? Oh, yes. So first, well, first I, so for years people were like, oh, you should be a model. And I'm like, mm, cool. You know, what? A, that's a nice compliment, whatever. And then when it came to graduating, I was like, maybe I will try that. So, cause I don't feel like going back to school yet. So I went to the city, got on with an agency, did that for like a year. It was a disaster because you have to have a certain personality, which is called like self-confidence. And I have the opposite of that. So that didn't work out. So then I went to, where'd I go next? Then I went to a community college around me. Um, and I was going for child psychology, early childhood education and child psychology, which is really, if I thought I wasn't just dumb, that's what I would have wanted to be. Maybe a social worker or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I did that for like a year. And I'm like, oh, I, can't, this, I can't do this. You know, it's, it's all the same thing because I hadn't been diagnosed yet. And I just still didn't have any of the skills. 
honestly. Right. You know, I, um, I, I wondered so, this whole time how you got somebody to marry you. And then you low key, like dropped in. I thought about modeling and I was like, I see what's happening now. Okay. I got you. Is this what you did? Julie? Did oh, you? please. Yeah. I'm not, I'm no prize, but like, you know, I had to have the looks going for me back in the day. <laughs> I'm no prize. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. Um, no, really. Okay. <laughs> um, but well, organization of the home. Let's just start there. That doesn't happen. But anyway. Uh, so then I went to, oh, so then I was like, you know what I am, I'm an artist. So, but I want to make money. So I'm going to go in for, I went to Parsons school of design for graphic design and advertising. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I came up with that, but I stayed there for like, let's say one semester, you know, like, and then I was like, you know what the problem with this is I hate computers and technology. So I got to get out of here. Can Plus I, I had to drive to the city is- and I would get very anxious if I was late. And then I would just leave is if pa- I was even one minute late for the class. Is so. Parsons the one in Manhattan or the one in Brooklyn? <sighs> Manhattan. Okay. All right. The new school. Is that right? Part of that? It's yeah. part of the new school? Okay. It's part of that. Yeah. Okay. You I stayed so. there how long? Uh, like uh, one semester. Like I loved the color theory. I loved the painting part, but. You didn't like using the computers and you were there for graphic design. No. And I was literally there for that. Like yeah. I, because I was too scared. I'm like how do you turn it on? Like uh, who could ask that? You know, like, why am I here? <laughs> so like, if you decided, I don't to know become, how to use it. Like if you said to yourself one day, I'm going to go to school to be a pigeon trainer. Then you got there and said, the only real problem with this is these freaking pigeons. Right. Yeah. Or like, I'm deathly allergic to pigeons or something like that. <laughs> I don't know you what know? made me do this. So you, so you, yeah, were like, not a- I love the training part, but does it have to be pigeons? You know? So okay, prior to that decision, you were not aware that you were not computer oriented. I don't think I thought about that. Okay. Okay. That's fine. It, I'm not judging you, by the way. I'm just, these are interesting little tidbits that build the story for us. Um, totally. Okay. So I think we're not going to say it, but we figured out how you got this, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're not taking the ha- the house isn't even clean. Is that what you're saying, Julie? Actually it was clean, but yes, it's clean. It's just, I need, to, I needed to do a lot of spring cleaning. I've done a lot since I started the medication, which is the reason that I think I'm even on here right now. Okay. But um, yeah, it's just more of an organizational, like a system. You know, people need systems of doing things. It helps you get there. So, at what point do you realize I need some medication for this? When does that start? That started after George was diagnosed. Um, I was, um, I was rocking it, but I started to see where you could lose control. You know, like, you know, some of the hormonal stuff, the middle of the night stuff that, that that they weren't really teaching me. And I saw somebody, well, many people always talked about the Juice Box, Box podcast on all the groups. But, of course, God forbid I could, like, look that up on my own. But then one day somebody put it with the clip where you could just click on it and listen. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I heard that episode, I do not recall which one it was. Uh I just put it down. I called a psychiatrist. It took like two weeks to get in. I said, I need to be put on medication because I have uh, 525 hours worth of something that I'm going to listen to every word and learn every single bit of, but I'm going to need medication to do it. And so that is what I did. I got on medication so that I could listen to your podcast and absorb it. I can't tell you, and I hope you can shut up long enough for me to say this, but I, you almost made me me cry. Um, I, you took me by surprise. Um, 
I'm I'm uh, misty, as they say. Uh, so, so let's unpack this for a second because it feels like I'm going to be a hero at the end of this story. <laughs> so, I wanna, <laughs> so I want to take a second with it. Um, but uh, yeah, but so for first of all, you're not living with meds from the time you're born, even through the mm-hmm. real the real problems that start around in your mid twenties up till forty four. Just not, and then. No, not 44. Yeah, like 40. I started at, um, when I started, I think it was last June that I started listening to your podcast. Maybe it was before that. I'll never know. So 45, are you breaking my balls over one year here, Julie? Is this what's going on right now? Two years. Two years. Oh, yeah, 45. Okay. okay, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'll shut up. You work it it out. No, it's all right. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. (laughs) No. uh, So when I was 25 and I was diagnosed, um, I was in the middle of like a complete breakdown and hearing about the ADD and stuff, they they did start me on medication, but uh, like I didn't stick with it because it had a lot of side effects. I didn't really know what was going on. And honestly, the job I had at that time, which was, I believe, like the pottery place and teaching the art and stuff, I was like, oh my God, like nobody needs to focus this much. Like I've already made a life that doesn't need focus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It just felt like a bit much. And I, I just never, I did it for like, uh, like a few weeks. I'm okay. like, it's not for me. And that was it. All right, not so until the podcast part. You yeah. are, you are, you are, you are taxing my ability to focus, but I, I appreciate it. It's making, I'm sorry. It, no, no, it's making me better today because the, the really interesting <laughs> thing that just happened was, is that I wanted to move to, I, I was trying to move to an idea and I was just giving mm. timeline context, saying that you hadn't had meds your entire life right up until George was diagnosed. I took the fact that it looks like he's had diabetes since he was 11, but he's 14 now. And then I subtracted mm. three from your age. And then you got mm. super focused on a completely unimportant part of what I was saying. And then we and then we literally jumped off on a tangent. That's the, I, know. I have not finished my thought yet. It, it's really like, no, no, don't be sorry. I'm endlessly fascinated by this you should not be sorry you're doing an amazing job of letting people see what this is so but i'm being serious so um okay so my point is is that at at that point your son becomes diagnosed with with type one this thing is difficult Mm -hmm. it takes focus you clearly have set up a whole life for yourself where you don't have to focus which is probably a a brilliant um strategy for you know for self-preservation and then you get into a situation where you care more about George and his health than you do about your comfort, but realize there's no way you can help him while you're in this situation. And you, so when you listen to the podcast, it isn't that you heard an episode where somebody was like, I have ADHD and medication helped me. You heard. Oh no, it had nothing to do with that. Right. You heard this yeah. might help my son, but I don't have the capacity to listen to it. I heard it and I said, crap, all the answers are here. I can tell. And look at how many episodes. It's like going to college. Yeah. Okay. And you saw how that went. So no, yeah, I was like, nope, nope. So you had, I need medication Wow. and I need it to work and I need it to be good. So Julie, you, you ended up in a, in a different way than has ever been described to me in the past doing what. I see so many people doing over and over again, which is they don't help themselves until helping themselves helps a loved one. Fantastic. Yep. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I also was kind of spinning at that time because if you think about everything 
other than management of diabetes, which I was actually doing quite well at, um, if you think about everything else, it's all my worst things. Like I do not make phone calls. I cannot make a freaking appointment to save my life. I let every medication run out for like at least a week before I get it. I mean, you can't do that with diabetes. Mm -hmm. I've got like three different pharmacies. I thank my people and I always have from the beginning. Omnipod, the people that fill that for me, right? Yeah. They call me. It's time. Do you want us to deliver? Yes. Thank you. And thank you always for calling me and doing this for me. And I say the same thing to the Dexcom rep. Yeah. Like, thank you. Because it's, it's <laughs> they probably have But there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, there's they probably no, have a there note in there. Yeah. It says Julie's never calling us. We need to call her. Yeah. And I think that's just it's that's just what they do because they just to get the approval of the copay or, sure. you know, just to let you know that they're sending it out. But I am I have I go above and beyond. Yeah. Because nice. yeah, because yeah, because you're super nice. Is that why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. No one that was not in question ever, Joy. We never thought you weren't super nice. Um, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So how long do you have to be with the psychiatrist? Like, so, so this, are you seeing the psychiatrist just to get the script or are you actually going to uh-huh. do you actually start talking to them? Well, a psychiatrist, you don't really, I mean, I spoke with him. Um, you have to speak with them to get the medication. Uh, I also, in addition, started seeing a therapist. Okay. So that's like, a, that's different. Uh, they don't prescribe medication. That's more of a talk therapy type of situation. Yeah. And the therapy was about George's diagnosis or about yourself or what ended up happening? There? No, it was like, it was about me, but then it was about George. And then we just started becoming like, friends so then she was like should we like do this like once a month instead so i'm like yeah sure and then it just stopped it stopped okay yeah (laughs) jesus was this person did this person have a degree of any kind or did you just was this yeah yeah she's a psychologist all right i don't know i i gotta be honest with you there are days when i think i'm like four classes away from being a psychologist you know what i mean totally yeah but i you know what the funny thing is me too me too yeah i'm like you know i tell my friend i'm like if 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 I had, first of all, podcasts, never heard of them, never did a book on tape, never did anything like that. I'm like, do you understand? I probably could have graduated college if it was all on a podcast. Really? And I could like do laundry and like walk around or do uh, keep my physical body, you know, uh, doing one thing so I could really focus. Okay. So this format works for you because you can busy yourself and hear it at the same time. Yeah. Interesting. And I don't have to. It's not like I, I, I don't, I'm not like, oh, okay, like I'm going to listen. Let me go, like, I don't know, move my mm-hmm. body. It's mm-hmm. just, I like to multitask, you know? Yeah. I, 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 sitting down to read is, first of all, I can't read. I was in the hospital. I read that, uh, I don't know, one of those things. Uh, you think like a pancreas, which um, is obviously great, I'm sure. Um, I, I read the whole thing. I don't know what was what, what happened there. You know. <laughs> Wait a minute. At all. You like, just said at all. I, I'm sure think like a pancreas is great. I'm sure, meaning I read it, but I don't remember reading it. Like you didn't. I remember reading it and being like, I don't know. Right now I'm just trying to think about why when somebody is low, they don't need insulin. Okay. Like so, I just couldn't in the very beginning, I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Wait, so when he's low, he needs insulin. They're like, Oh my god. No, they need the sugar when they're low. Right. They need the insulin for the, for oh, the blood sugar. F- 15, years, I can 15 years in, my mother-in-law brings hardened food when her blood sugar's high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't even know what to tell you about that. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I'm fascinated that the format works so well for you because I believe very strongly that I wasn't yeah. doing much different when I was writing a blog than I'm doing now. And yet it just never reached people in the way that this does. And it helped people, but very specific people. And yeah. not, and now I hear from I hear from so many listeners and their backgrounds and their learning styles and their education levels are all so incredibly varied. And yet they yeah. almost all take the exact same thing away from the podcast. Yeah, it it's really amazing. Is, it, it's crazy. It, I, I was telling someone the other day, I was standing at a baseball game at my son's college and a, a pitcher's father comes up to me and we hadn't met before and we're talking and he's telling me what he does for a living. And then he asks me what I do. And then there's this moment where I'm 50 years old. I'm clearly, I, my son's in college. I must be paying for it somehow, right? Um, right. <laughs> and, um, and I'm now going to tell another human being, another adult, that I'm a podcaster and yeah. uh, it's weird to say out loud. And so I, you know, you, ex I end up explaining it first um, before I even say the words. Uh, and then I, 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 I kind of got over that part and then explained yeah. to him how it helps people and how I'm really feel blessed. And it's not a word I use lightly because I have no real religious background or affiliation, but I really do feel blessed that I do something that pays my bills that I enjoy and that helps people. Mm -hmm. It's a trifecta of yeah. things I could not have imagined for myself, or I think most people are, are hard pressed to get those three things in their work life. Um, but then, And don't you feel like it's your personality and the way that you think that got you here? Well, I'm probably the worst person to ask why the podcast works because I'm certain that it works because of me, but I'm just being myself. So it's not like I right. sat down. You know when you see people now and that you can see them plotting out their social media ideas about how they're going to dominate the world and be like, you know, click mavens and win everything. And I, I didn't I didn't start this podcast for it to be popular. I started no. it, I started it because I wanted to expand on what I was doing and I knew that the blog helped people. I didn't want to lose the um, ability to help people and people weren't reading anymore. So this was just the thing I did next to try to keep this train rolling, basically. Um, yeah, I, you were going with the times. It was kind of probably like the blog was getting a little less popular and podcasts were maybe getting more popular. And so you, you're like, let me transfer over to there. I didn't even know. Here's what I knew for sure. Maybe. People read less than they used to. And uh -huh. I like listening to audio. I like to listen to people speak. So I would prefer to be in the car listening to someone speak than someone sing. When I'm walking around the house, yeah. I'd prefer to hear somebody talking than not. I like hearing new things too. and ideas and things like that. And I don't know that, you know, I could go listen to a three-hour podcast by somebody else. And I don't know that when it's over, you could give me a test on it. But I do feel enriched when it's over. And I do remember the things that I need to remember from it. And so I thought, like, maybe this would work for that. Um, yeah. but, but the thing I didn't finish saying was that the, the gentleman at the baseball field what I told him was, is it's so incredible to touch this many people's lives with technology that did not exist when I was in high school. And I mean all of it. I mean the computers, right. the internet access, the bandwidth that's available, cell phones, headphones that, you know, pair easily and people can pop in and out when they're jumping out of their car and things like that. Like everything that makes podcasts uh, accessible 
like literally didn't exist when I was thinking to myself, I wonder what I'll do with my life. And, right. um, and he asked me, what did you do back then? And I, I said, I, I worked in a sheet metal shop. Right. You know, you know it's just, it's so crazy. Um, and yeah. I mean, I was the entertaining person at the sheet metal shop, but a lot of good that was, ever of gonna course. Do me, you know what I mean? So, and would you ever have you, did you ever have like a nine to five or a desk job or any of that kind of stuff? Um, I graduated from high school and the next day I started working in my uncle's sheet metal shop. I did oh, that. Okay. I did that for a number of years until one day. Oh my God. Am I going to tell this story? Let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Until one day there was a guy that worked in the shop who was I, my least favorite person. It was just sort of pompous oh. and hard on people. I'm sure he grew up poorly and there would have been a way for him to. Anyway, I'm sure there's a reason why, but he was a jerk and it was the early nineties. Um, and I, and he would go home every day and his wife would make him lunch. And there was something about that, that I found distasteful for some reason. I can't even begin to tell you why, just that he, she had a job too, but that she'd run home to make him lunch. It just, Mm -hmm. it always seems strange to me. And I, that would definitely rub me the wrong way. And I, I hung, I hung a sign on his back as he left that said his wife's (laughs) name, comma, and it said, hold the dog. I'm horny. And I don't know why I did that. And um, I was fired the very next day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, I bounced out. could have given you one chance. Well, I don't know. They didn't think it was a little bit funny. Uh, I'm sure everyone thought it was funny, but I don't think he thought it was funny. And they were, you know, defending him, right. and, which makes sense to me. Even at that point. It makes sense. It makes sense. I have to tell you, I was standing at the time clock at 6 o'clock in the morning punching in. And they mm-hmm. grabbed me, pulled me in the office, fired me, and I thought, eh, that's fair. And I left. <laughs> I, I didn't even argue. Does that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't even argue. Yeah. I was like, mm, okay. And also, you're like, I don't have to work today. Like, yeah, what should I yeah. do? I, and I don't understand why at 23 I thought that, like, uh, that humor was funny, but I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I, I don't know what I went from there. I went and worked at a, for a landscaper for a while. I worked at a 7-Eleven for six or eight months. Um, I did all kinds of little weird things like that. And then one day my, yeah. um, my uncle called me back and they had trouble filling my position and he, oh, and he, br- he brought me back like a couple years later. Mm-hmm. I worked there for a while again. Um, I did got, you have to sign like an agreement? Like you're not going to do the, the back sticker <laughs> thing anymore. Like that. No, but that guy was still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <He was. laughs> um, I don't know. We didn't really ever get along real great, uh, but that's not the point. So um, no. from there, I think I finally realized that I needed to do something else. And a friend of mine, Julie, she was working at a credit card company collecting debts. And she's like, you can talk really well. You could do this. And so I started yeah. collecting credit card debts. And it was it was great. Um training for speaking to people without knowing anything about them because back then what would happen i'm calling this thing a computer but that's i mean if you could see it the way i see it in my mind it's not the way you're imagining your computer right now um i don't have a computer but well, yeah, yeah totally. so um I'd, I'd be on a headset and a person's voice would just pop up in front of me somebody'd be like hello and as they mm-hmm. were saying hello and i was orienting myself on the call their information had not yet popped up in front of me so oh. I, you see, so you had to kind of, you had to kind of like engage them while the information was populating on the screen and then get them to make right. a low level credit card payment, which I was incredibly good at. 
uh, I was so good at it that I think I moved on to a credit union where I did it there in a more private setting, which was, excuse me, that was like boutique collections because these people had the money. They just wouldn't send it, you know? Um, and one day, one day at that job, the, uh, the, um, this is so crazy. You're going to laugh in a second. The graphic designer up and quit and I hated collecting debts. It made me feel bad about myself. Yeah. So I yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran downstairs in the building to the HR person. I said, I can do the I can do that. I can make your like your your stuff. I can do the graphic design. And she said, You went right. to school for that? And I was like, No, not at all. I said, but just take me to the computer that the girl <laughs> used. I can show you. And I sat down, knocked something out, and then um I ran off and took a weekend long course on Photoshop and another adobe product i came back yeah yep i came back three days later i started designing their stuff for them so you basically did the same thing i did Mm -hmm. which is just went with the flow things came your way you took the opportunity you used your skills that you had you know instead of any deficits that you may have i'm sure we all have them yeah and until it all like clicked together and became awesome. Right. Yeah. I just, I got pushed into it. Like you got pushed into it, I think through your ADD and I got pushed into mm-hmm. it through my just very poor upbringing and nobody ever thought to send me to college. And I just, I was in a broke right. family and that was what, that was it. I mean, if you want context, that first job in that sheet metal shop paid me $4 and 50 cents an hour. Oh so, my God. um, and I, I did more damage to my physical self in the five years that I was there than any money they gave me will ever make up for. Um, but, but the, but the but, point, good, please. I was just going to say, so yeah, you didn't have the opportunity and nobody like was really pushing you to go to college. So did you do, you did well in school? No, hardly. like you feel like with the opportunity, you had the opportunity to be in high school. Did you do well with like schoolwork and no, stuff like no, that? Not at all. Like you think college would have gone well? No, I can't imagine. I, um, I, right. I, I put no effort into high school whatsoever. Oh, and, um, yeah, I, me yeah I don't know if this, I, I'm trying to, I feel like I told somebody this recently, but the first day of my senior year of high school, my English teacher said, you're going to have to do a report. It's not due until the last week of the year. And I raised my hand and said, I'm not going to be able to get that done. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> and, 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 and he's like, you have a year. And I said, I got a job, man. I, I can't do that. Oh, so you had the real reason. Mine was like, you're going to have to do this and it's going to be an oral report. And then I waited till about a week before it was due. And I just said, listen, yeah, uh, I can give it to you written, but I'm not doing an oral report. And she's like, well, you'll have to take the zero. I'm like, I'll take the zero. <laughs> that is so much better than getting up in front of this class. I would, um, <clears throat> I'd get by in all kinds of weird ways. So there used to be a check system in my middle school where if you answered a question, the teacher could throw you a check and you could, you know, uh, kind of pile up the checks and trade them for grades. And every Ooh. once and every once in a while, a teacher would get like cocky and say something out loud. Like uh, uh, I, I once passed a science class, an entire year of a science class, because one day um, the science teacher said, Hey, a uh, hundred checks, which was enough like to just buy your grades to anybody, right. to anybody who knows the name of the first Mickey mouse movie. And my hand went right up and I was like, steamboat Willie. <laughs> and I thought he was going to say, Oh, fuck. like he was really like upset with himself that he, put himself in that position. I walked up to his desk and watched him put every one of those hundred checks in there. And I said, thank you. 
I'm going to be using all of them. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and he walked away. And I passed an entire year of science off, off of that one moment. So That's beautiful. They that, should bring back that system. Oh, it was great. We had uh, the, the follow maybe two years later. Um, it's so funny that I said, um, just now, because the teacher said anybody who can come up in front of the class and speak for, I forget how long it was, two or three minutes, um, about anything without saying, um, gets 300 checks. Oh boy. It was the easiest thing I ever did in my life. I watched, <laughs> I watched people get up there. I'll never forget this one person, this girl, she stands up there and the teacher goes, go ahead and start. And the girl goes, um, um, <laughs> And so they're doing it over and over again. And I uh, I got up there and I spoke for three, two or three minutes straight and made sense and never said, um. And the woman gave me the 300 checks and then I didn't do another thing in her class again that year. So every time, every, yeah, every time I failed a test or didn't turn in a homework, I would just trade it for the checks. And I just kept working off them that way. <laughs> You're like, take it out of my credit. Take it out of credit, baby. I'm all credit. good. Scotty don't need to do this. <laughs> you know, when kids when kids were running around in high school, uh, I have to take the SAT. So I, I went to work the day. I, I actually looked at the, I thought, oh, I should probably take the SAT. And then I looked and I was like, well, I work then. And I just didn't do it. So I didn't yeah. go to, I didn't go to college. I would have been terrible in college. Really? Oh, same. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't think I have ADHD or ADD. I just was a bad student. Nobody was pushing me from home to do better. The expectation. No, you're like very smart, and you just have a certain personality. Yeah, the expectation was you'd go to work. We were all really blue collar, and that was the idea. So I didn't need to right. go to college to work in my uncle's sheet metal shop, and I had no expectations of a better life, like whatsoever. Right. Now, the only thing that saved me, I would, I mean, honestly, it's that my wife was able to see through my circumstances and see me when we were dating. Right. Other, otherwise, I'd be in a, I'd be in a, a, I'd live a blue collar lifestyle right now. It wouldn't be anything wrong with it. But I mean, it was just that one person who, like a college person who had bigger hopes for themselves and more desire and somebody behind them telling them you're going to college, like that kind of thing. It's just that right. she, she saw me for who I was and not who, you know, and not the the life I was leading, I guess. That's yeah. It. That's it. I don't know how it. we got here, Julie. Uh, um, I, <laughs> sorry. It's 20 I'm always going to apologize. It's uh, me. Don't be sorry. 20 minutes I, later. I brought you here. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about it. So when you're, when you're, so you're, oh my God, I can't believe we're this far away from it. Your, your son's diagnosed, and you, uh -huh. you go to the psychiatrist, you get the medication, you start listening to the podcast. Like, what do you figure out for yourself then? Uh, as far as diabetes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did you get, oh. like, because you're doing, like, he's doing well. Am I right? Uh, we were doing great. Until... I am not in the same position that I was six months ago when I booked this. But, okay. Well, tell, um, tell me about it then. How did you, what did you learn? Well, Where did it take you? And what's happened since? Okay. Uh, well, I learned I, we were doing very well. We did very well MDI. You know, I, he was diagnosed. He was like 14.3. And then by the next, it wasn't three months. It was four months, actually, uh, appointment. He was 5.6. And we've kind of rocked between 5.6 and 6.1 all this way until our last A1C. Mm -hmm. And 
But I learned a lot of what I thought must be the case, which is this thing where I send my numbers to them and they're going to make adjustments. Like, I'm going to have to surpass this. This is not like how it's going to be, you know, like I'm going to need to understand and understand and being like the bold with insulin and like, you know, it doesn't always matter why you just need more insulin and just hearing everybody's stories and every, every single, every single thing to be learned. I learned from it, from the podcast, Um, you know, but now George is uh, the teen year, right. It hit him hard about like three years ago. I know three months ago. And we both kind of were suffering a little bit of burnout. We're both kind of like, whatever. And I mean, I'm just like, wow. It's like, I learned all of that stuff. And I didn't realize how much his compliance really helped. (laughs) And so right now we're in a situation where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I know how to do this. I've never, ever wanted to, to, do low carb or any of that. I just wanted him to just eat regularly. And uh, that was another thing, learning to know that you didn't have to change your diet um, was like, oh, thank God, okay. you know, like this is amazing. And just listening to all of that, all the, the pro tips and everything was just so great. And we did. I mean, it's not, I mean, he had a, he had a 5.8 and he had Burger King. Like, I mean, he did, he had it like once every other week or, you know, I mean, he has pizza lunch at school. You know, he was the master at pizza lunch, two slices and a big, huge deli chocolate chip cookie. Didn't go over 140. Beautiful. We had it all. Everything was going well. And then, you know, now we're having a little bit more of a battle of wills, if you will. There's like some sneaking of food, which is not sneaking, but I'm like, just take the insulin, uh, you know, and he wants independence. And so we're just in like a hard place right now. Yeah. So he got a little older, a little more testosterone. That's all yes. happening. And now he isn't as good about pre-bolusing or listening when you text him or something to that effect. Yeah. And he's like, you know, there's some lying. And I'm like, dude, please, like, I don't have the time. I don't care what you ate. You think I care what you ate? I don't. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I have to know why you're 300 at 4am. Like, just be honest, because then I know how to treat it. Like, am I really, am I readjusting? Is this like an every night thing? Like, are you eating after I go to bed? You know, cause now it's like, he's on spring break and you know, it's just kind of stuff like that. And he's like, I, like, I'll text him. I'm like, what's with this number? Like, are you, you know, like, can we take care of this? And he's like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, you don't know. Like, I think, you know. Oh, it's just a stone wall. It's not even like, hey, I I ate something, but I didn't bolus for it. No, I we'll get there after like a twenty minute conversation. But I mean, he knows the deal. Like he knows. I'm like, I said, I didn't set this. Like, learn all of this so that you could have freedom. You know what I mean? We have always pre bolused. It doesn't mean like when I step foot out of the house to run to the store. You don't have to pre bolus. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and I feel bad because I don't want to be mad. Like he's the one that lives with this. This is his diabetes. You know what I'm saying? And so all I can do is teach him what I know and try to be patient. But it's really hard to be really patient when you know that there are long term effects. I mean, I'm going to tell you honestly, his three months ago, 
His A1C was 5.8. Mm-hmm. We went last week, 7.1. Wow. Yeah, that's a significant change. That That's a, a, a clear indication that he's just not doing the, the basic things that, yep. that you know keep his A1C down. That must yeah. have been. That like, must I have even got to the point where I told a friend, I'm like, you know, I don't think we're ever going to, it's not going to matter. I kind of got to a point where I felt almost like how you would know, you know, Arden's not really going to have like a seven A1C. She's just not. You you, you guys know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You get it. You give more when you need more. But you, but if one of those people drops out of the race, and especially the the diabetic one, yeah. um, it, it it can get out of control. Like where it's like I told my Andrew the other day, I'm like, if it was my, my diabetes, it would be different, but it's his, you know? And I know things can go up and down and I don't want to look down on it, but it's just. Does your, um, does your husband get involved in this at all? No. Because it occurs to me and I do, I don't, I could be a hundred percent wrong, Julie, but you, you are, so you're scattered like at times, like even through conversations and everything. So I wonder if a different voice that comes at him a different way might not help snap him into back to where he needs to be. You know what? Like when my husband does say something like what I meant is he doesn't do management Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. The man does not even know how to use the pump. He has to wake me up if he's high and I don't hear the alarm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so, which is fine. I've come to terms with that. It is better if one person is really managing it. But when he says to George, so his thing is like, well, why is he even eating carbs in the first place? I'm like, oh my God, like, what are you talking about? And then my son, so he'll say to George, he's like, it's unacceptable. It's long-term health, blah, 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 blah. And George looks at me, looks at him and goes, you don't get it with the diabetes, dad. Only mom does. That's not how we do it. (laughs) And I'm like, well, well, so okay, I wasn't great. I wasn't thinking so much about your husband coming in with diabetes advice. I was thinking your husband coming oh. in like it was 1982 and saying, listen to me, I'm going to tell you something right now. It's the only thing that's important. Listen to your mom. Like, do you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he'll say that. Like, I know yeah, it's, sex- I, it's a sexist, the older idea, but I, I don't. Listen, I use yeah. it to my son. I said, that's it. I'm, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to give I'm, I'm giving dad the reins for a week. And he's like. Don't even. I'm like, <laughs> I will. Yeah, again, not, will. not about the diabetes, just the like, hey, don't, yeah. for, even if it's just a, a, a more pleasant conversation where you say, look, you yeah. know, I need you to be respectful of your mother. I don't care if you don't want to do this. It's not, that doesn't matter to me. You're going to do it. Yeah. And when she talks to you, we're going to respond. We're not going to drag out conversations and jerk her around and make her feel like a, like, like yes. she's, like she's spinning her wheels. You know, this is the least you can do for her um, is be respectful of her. It's got nothing to do with diabetes, really. It, it, yes. it You know, it has to, yeah. I mean, just do with, like, the communication that the two of you have back and forth. Like, I get that the kid's trying to find his way, and he's probably mm-hmm. trying to separate you from him a little bit and, mm-hmm. uh, and take, but that's fine, like you said, but then do it. Like, don't tell me right. you want control and then get control and what you do with the control is nothing. You know what I mean? Like if if, right. you, if you want to be in charge, be in charge and do it. And if you and if you can't, exactly. if you can't, then right on. Then I'd be happy to continue to help you. But there's no world where we're going to let your A1C jump up two points in three months. Well, these these are the conversations I have with him. My husband has had conversations with him 
yes, more about just listening to me and Mm -hmm. trying to work with me because we have a good system, you know? Yeah, Um, obviously working. It's just that it's just that he's not doing it. So anyway, I just recently reached out. I got to get him like a therapist just to, cause he has had a lot. He's like, I'm very overwhelmed. You know, he's 13, but the kid's like six, one. He's just a little, does he have any of the anxiety heartbreaker? You know? Yeah. He's had a couple panic attacks this year. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple situations. It's a lot, you know, um, it's, it's a lot on him, which is why I say, I'm like, this is why. I just text you at the time to bolus at school, not to annoy you, to take it off your like the way I look at it is I'm trying to take it off your plate. In my hand, yeah. Right. You know, um, for as long as I can. And I'm willing to do it. My alarm just went off. And at eleven thirty, it goes off. It's how I have to I usually text him what his you know, if I ordered lunch or whatever, your lunch is this, probably around this many carbs, whatever. Don't forget to pre bolus. Mm-hmm. Then he won't answer and then I emphasize it. You know, right. it's like this whole thing, you know, and, and I'm, and I don't mind doing that. I know he's, he's like, I'm doing, I'm busy doing school. I'm like, I understand, but <laughs> you don't have to go to the nurse. You don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Like I've taken away all of the things that we did when we first started where you'd have to go to the nurse 20 minutes before, which means you miss part of your recess and this and that, Yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, we, we've come so far and now we were just dropping the ball all over the place. And it's just, it's like difficult. Hmm. I'm just really hoping that we can like get past that part. I, I, I have found you know? Yeah, all that's come up with Arden and I've just found that perseverance eventually gets you to it. Um, I, the, I've gone to, in the past, I've gone to saying, say, okay. At the end of a text, meaning if you don't respond to me, I'm going to keep assuming you haven't seen this. So say, okay. That's exactly what I tell him. Right. I say, I, I will emphasize once, meaning like just, hello, you know, gives another vibration mm-hmm. to the text. And then I said, and then I'm like, if you're not going to respond, I'm going to call. If I call his phone, I have my phone number on override. So it he would can... just actually ring. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Even if he has it on silence is my point. He can silence his phone, but he cannot silence my ring. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know you could do that. You can do that. Yeah. You can go to emergency override under your name in their contact. Okay. Um, and I, I know someone taught me that. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I get him up in the morning. And he has that. the most annoying thing under my name. It's like, dun, da, 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 da. it's like so loud. <laughs> um, he can't stand it. So he so. knows to, yeah, he knows to answer very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, well it- no, he won't. But then I'll, I'm like, okay, calling in five. <laughs> and then I'll be like, four. <laughs> three he's like hey you know so it's yeah. just like we're in that it's like a teen thing i just didn't think it was gonna happen so drastically and so fast oh yeah uh, boys are something the way they shift oh my gosh oh my god there's like a mustache involved i don't know what's happening mm-hmm. no that's exactly what's happening uh <laughs> well i wish you luck that sounds terrible so what do you think um, <laughs> what do you think the first steps are to bring the seven back to the fives uh, well, I'm, <laughs> when he starts doing any of the things that we know how to do, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be really helpful. Okay. Uh, like, you know, last night he was at a beautiful number. We had a huge like feast of a, my husband made homemade fajitas and all oh my, everything was so good. Great bolus. Didn't really have a lot of rice. So there wasn't a really big situation going on, but I could hear him like tiptoeing around at like midnight. And I'm like, oh my God, don't do it. Like, what are you going to do? You know? Um, and then I wake up 
and I even tell him, I'm like, if you're heading to the kitchen, please pre bolus for whatever it is that you're having, mm-hmm. you know, please just do it. And I go to sleep because like I need sleep at some point. And then the alarm's going off. I look it's like we're like 325. I'm like 325. So you didn't bolus like, at all? We never even ever. He didn't bolus. He didn't pre bolus at all. Mm-hmm. And whatever he ate must have been sweet. I didn't fight it out with him this morning. I was too nervous. Like, like I didn't want to be like, what was it that you had? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But something you that know, had the whole thing. rocket fuel in it for his blood sugar. Something yeah. was not good. You know, something involved. It wasn't cereal because I don't have any, but it was something along those lines. Maybe mm-hmm. these muffins or something. I don't know. Just something where, like, okay. And I've even explained to him, like, I said, George, I have learned even so much that if you really feel that you cannot pre bolus, I will over bolus you. Like there is a way. I don't want to get into a habit of it, right. but I will I will take into account what this is about to do to you and we will put it all in there. Yeah, or even just as you're walking downstairs, just choose 15 carbs and bolus for it until you figure. Because I think that's what happens is they don't know. They know they're going to eat. They don't know what they're going to eat. Right. And so you can always bolus something, you know, I mean, get some insulin going until you figure it out, then put the rest of it in. Um, Right. That's to me is that that's the that's common sense. And and that's what I say. A lot of it is it's not. I mean, I do know it's a big drag because, like, who the hell wants to have heck wants to have? Um, well, you got to get past that part. Deal with this. Yeah, you got. But you have to get yeah, past that. Yeah, part, yeah. You, you have know? diabetes. So, like fighting that is <sighs> that's a different situation. You, you know what I mean? Like you, if you're if you're fighting the idea that you have type one, that's not the same as ignoring what you're supposed to do. You, you know, those are two different. Yeah, those are two different issues. Yeah, like a few months ago, I he when he's going to be he's in uh, private school right now. Catholic school and uh I'm not even Catholic but whatever and then (laughs) he (laughs) and then but he's going back to public for high school okay next year okay and he literally says he's like it's gonna be so great um he's like I'm just like not even gonna he's like my whole school knows his whole school his whole grade is like 40 kids it's like nothing Mm And he's like, I'm not going to tell anybody I have diabetes. I'm like, oh, please listen to me. You have got to accept this thing because this is like crazy. That that cannot be your plan. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. in his mind, I don't know. I don't know. It's almost like a delayed denial thing, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe or well, something. I, I don't mean, know. This I is why think, I'm getting a therapist. I just think that, he, you know, at 11, it's different than when you're 14. That's all. You know, you're, yeah. you're a child when you're 11 and what happens happens. And you just. You just keep going and keep going. You don't have a ton of at least external feelings that start impacting stuff where you let your parents, the pressure of what your parents want, get you to do it. And then you just, at some point, you get a little testosterone and you're like, I'm going to push back. And this is this yeah. is what pushing back looks like. Yeah. yeah. I told him he's got a couple of months with the pushback. But once the high school starts, like, no, we're going to really need to get back to what we're doing. I mean, we're already doing it, so I'm never going to give up. You know, I'm never going to be like, "This is fine." Yeah, but I would, I know, would just say, have to... I would, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think the idea that a break from diabetes means a break in your health is a is a weird precedence to set. So, oh no, yeah, yeah. I, know I don't mean it like a break. It. That's yeah. why I said no. I'm not going to just allow it, but I just meant like you don't have much more. Like you don't want to go into high school having to like check in to 
the nurse. Like, I'm never going to let it go is my point. So like, if you want to hash it out, we'll hash it out over the summer. I'm not, I don't mean by like, I'm I'm still going to be, you know, having you people list and asking you this and that and that. I'm just trying to be a fair, nice parent. It's Hmm. like difficult. A lot of work. It's, um, it's not nearly as fun as you think it's going to be when you're like, Oh, we'll have a baby. This will be fun. Yeah. Not really. You know, I mean, it's fun at the beginning when they're little. And I was even okay with the diabetes. I was like doing all right. And then, and then I think it's the teen thing. That's hard. Yeah. He's a sweetheart too. So, and we're like buddies. He's a mama's boy. So I just think, I, I don't know why I was in denial. I didn't think that it was going to hit him. As, or I don't think he was going to be like this. Well, I, if, <laughs> I, if, I, if I can do, if I can make one public service announcement, I'm going to tell any mom mm-hmm. who's listening that your relationship with your son is going to change as they start to mature. So, it, yes. it, it, and it takes a pretty big shift. And I, I mean, it, it looked shocking to my wife. And as I was trying to like kind of coach her through it and be like, Hey, here's what you should be doing right here. Because this is what he's thinking. She just kept seeing him like he was eight. And I'm like, that's not right. what that, what you think is happening is not happening anymore. Um, right. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not difficult to understand boys, but it is difficult. I think no. for, for moms to want to see their boys as men. That's that's tough. well. I try to listen. He actually, I have to be honest with you. This kid shares a lot with me. Mm-hmm. Like he had a girlfriend, and then like he went to the mall, and I think he had like he's like just before the questions start, I will just tell you, but don't tell anybody. I had a kiss, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that's, okay, that's bragging. It's fine. He that's tells bragging. me the things. Yeah, that's bragging. That's not sharing. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, that might have been, that might have been bragging. Like, remember earlier when you said, you know, I tried modeling for a while? They call that a, mm-hmm. low, they call that a low-key uh, brag. So, you know what I mean? It's a low-key brag, but yeah. I mean, I'm aware of it, so. Yeah, but he is okay. too. I'm just telling you, it's yeah. going to get worse. Like, boys aren't, I'm, <laughs> I'm 50. Um, my thoughts aren't much different now than they were when I was 14. So, okay. good luck. It's good to know. <laughs> So I wanted to, I don't know how long we're into this right now, but I wanted to say something that was really interesting. You know how everybody has, it's not interesting, it's interesting to me. Um, You know how everybody has like, oh, their kid got sick or they think, I mean, the autoimmune is already there. He Mm -hmm. would have gotten it anyway. But George was on medication for ADHD for three years. Okay. And then I took him off June, end of fifth grade. He because you don't really eat, it suppresses your appetite a lot, the medication. Mm-hmm. So when I took him off, he started eating like a maniac, right? Like so much. It was unbelievable. And he started gaining weight and everything. And he was always really thin. Even my husband and I were like, look at that stomach. He's getting a little pudgy, a little, you know, funny. Mm-hmm. He's really eating a lot. And then that was like a couple months. And then at the end of the summer, let's say it's late August, September, is when he started continuing the eating and the and then the drinking, right? And I really think that was like what his trigger. It's like I really think it like triggered his, like it was so much on his pancreas. Like he would have gotten it anyway, but like you know how everybody gets it through a, this or a, people say like, oh, I think it was the, the this vaccine or this and you know or they got COVID or they got you know uh, they, he would have gotten it anyway. I just think that was like his trigger was coming off of that and just eating like a maniac uh, maniac i'm gonna tell you that i am not a doctor nor am i a scientist but that doesn't make any sense to me but um you don't think i don't think at all no 
I, I, you don't it, think just eating so much high carbs, so like up no, but, so like I'm saying, he already was going to get it. I hear what his, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but how, family. how would how would call how would calling for more insulin trigger him into type one? It doesn't make sense because type one's an autoimmune disease. So uh, there's an autoimmune response Ooh. in your body that kills the beta cells, blah blah blah, etc. Or you know whatever word you want to use for what happens to the beta cells. But it's right. not it's not an overuse situation where you're asking for too much insulin and suddenly you've taxed the pancreas. That those two things are not like you don't think it would speed it up if you were like eating like just like a maniac. I think it would not speed up a process that was already like maybe slowly coming into action. I think if you made me bet a hundred dollars of my own money on what you just said, I would bet against what you said being true. But I don't know for sure. Okay. That's all. It just doesn't see it doesn't it doesn't shake out to me, is all. I can see okay. that it like cause and effect way you might have seen it happen and anecdotally it feels like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I can Yeah, also I get wrong. what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. That's all. So I, I just, guess in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, his body was probably already slowly maybe doing this. Like, cause who knows? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but then I'm like, oh, and then I took him off that medication. Therefore he's like eating like everything under the sun. So in my mind, I guess I was thinking like he was really taxing the pancreas that was already probably starting to struggle, hmm. but it could it, be wrong. Yeah, I mean, obviously maybe that does not make any sense. I am not a doctor. No, clearly. It, it just felt like you were mixing apples and oranges there and that the apples were type two diabetes and the oranges were type one diabetes. That's all. Right. That's all. Hey, I, I just, I think it's just interesting after, after everything we've talked about, about George and what is going on with him in the, in the moment and that he has ADHD. Um, it's fascinating a little bit to hear you talk about yourself and, and have such clarity about why you can and can't do the things that you can and can't do. But when you talked about George, it feels like to you that he's just ignoring you. Yeah, well, I have a lot of understanding when it comes to any of that stuff regarding school. I have a lot of meetings saying like, listen, he has an IEP. He has ADHD. That means yes, he yeah, he's gonna cut, you know, it's Catholic school. They're like crazy. It's like, you know, oh, he keeps not having a pencil. I'm like, well, then just provide the pencil. Like, I don't care. It's, it's He's never gonna have a pencil. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's how this is gonna work. I just need him to learn. Like, I don't really, we're not going to mark off for like an unkept like notebook. Why is it it's different just going to be doodles? Well, why is it different than when he forgets the bolus? Well, I don't, because I'm almost feeling like he's not forgetting to bolus. I feel like he's not bolusing. So you think that he. I don't, I don't, be, you know, because he's got like a little bit of a tood. He's got a little, he's like, I don't know. Okay. Maybe so, I can't remember. So, he, but like, it's not the same as when he's like forgetting the pencil. Oh, like there's been a couple times at school where I'm like, oh, buddy, did you forget to bolus? He's like, oh my god, you know. He'll say like, oh, I didn't even bolus. I'm like, it's all right, just bolus now. You know, it's mm -hmm. fine, no big deal. This is a little different. Okay, I just so, it's like to... a little, it feels a little more behavioral. Is is the vibe? Yeah, I mean, only getting. only only you would know. I was just trying to. Like I was thinking through at the moment because we are finishing up and I was thinking through yeah, like yeah. if I was listening to this, what questions would I still have? And that was the one I had. So um, that's it, really. Uh, I, did, right. did we not talk about anything that you wanted to talk about? You didn't have a list. All, all it said was don't curse and you curse twice. So other than that, we're all good. Did I curse twice? I believe so. Oh, wait, maybe that oh was me God. at 4750. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Oh, it, my gosh. It might have been I'm me sorry. that cursed once and you that cursed once. Not a big deal. 
right. So, is there yeah, anything left? Anything we should do? No, that's it. Um, I just I really appreciate the podcast and everything you do. And, uh, you know, I just hope it just continues and continues. I love everybody's stories. I hope this is even any remotely normal type of podcast. I'm not sure. Are you kidding? Uh, I love that. No, I'm not kidding. Every one of these. I'm literally. I'm Jesus, Julie. Every one of these recordings ends and people are like, I hope you use this. And I'm like, what delusion are you under that? I record a bunch of podcasts that I don't use. Well, I know I've heard you say you use them all, unless someone were to be like, listen, you definitely can't do that. Right. Yeah, there's been um, a couple. Right. I just mean it's like I black out when I think back. I'm like, I don't recall what we just talked about, but oh. that's okay. I'm okay. Trust me. If I didn't like what you were saying, I would have redirected you. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's all. I just, you know, it, it, to me in this last hour, um, I don't know. Like, I'm like a lion tamer. Like, I've got the whip in the chair. And, uh-huh. and you're like a like a bumblebee on a leash and I'm just trying to, (laughs) I'm just trying to keep you flying in the right direction. That's all. That's all I was doing. I thought you were terrific. Uh I think here's what I think. I think you very succinctly described what it was like to have ADHD. You didn't describe it because I couldn't get you to describe it, but you showed us, (laughs) you showed us an example of it. And I think it's very clear and it's a, it's a, it's a great teaching tool for anybody who doesn't know what it is uh, for ADD or ADHD. I think that right. um, I think that you gave great examples of pathways that it led you to. I think I told mm-hmm. a delightful story in the middle. We heard about yes. a kid who whose mom jumped into the podcast, learned how to do everything, put his A1C in the fives. Then he got a little older. He's rebelling a little bit, and his A1C jumped up. I think it's a an honest thing to say. I think it's going to be good for people to hear. I think that what you do next is you know is most important. Right. And that uh, yes. everybody gets the feeling that even if I get it perfect, it might not always be perfect. Um, that's where I'm trying to, to that's where I'm trying to be. Mentally. Yeah. Like, OK, it's a bump in the road. I didn't think we were going to have it just because we started out real strong for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. But that's OK. It's still OK. Right. This is what this is what could happen. 100%. And we know we have the tools. That's the thing. We have the tools. We have the podcast. I can't wait until he's open to listening to the podcast. Well, yeah. I, I, well, I'm just saying, so you got off track there, that I thought you yep. did a really good, I thought the conversation was really valuable for people. And those were some of the reasons why. So okay, great. I am going to go now and say goodbye because I have to okay. make a phone call for my personal life. And I need Already. to, yeah, I have things I need to do. I have a whole life over Oh, as, as well. do I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you very right, much cool. for well, doing thank this. thank you very much. I really appreciate thank it. Hold you. on one second. I'd like to thank AG1 from Athletic Greens to remind you that if you're looking for a green drink that doesn't taste like crap, go to athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Use my link, please. It's in the show notes of this podcast app you're listening in right now at juiceboxpodcast.com or by typing it into a browser, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. And don't forget to find Touched by Type 1 at touchedbytype1.org. And lastly, a huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N.com forward slash juice box.
Thanks so much to Julie for coming on the show and sharing the honesty of her story with her son and herself. Can't thank her enough. And especially at this time of year, I want to say how thankful I am for all of you for subscribing, following, listening, sharing the Juicebox podcast. It's a huge success and it is completely because of you. Everything that the podcast accomplishes comes directly from you listening, supporting, and sharing. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast.